Welcome to Single Mom Stories with Kelly Travis, a show that brings you stories and conversations about life as a single mom, the mess and the beauty and everything in between. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Single Mom Stories podcast. I am so excited to be here and bring you today's guest. You're going to love her like all of the guests, right? Before we dive in, I want to remind you where we can hang out. You can hang out with me on Instagram at Single Mom Stories Podcast over in our Facebook group, just called Single Mom Stories. And I've got a YouTube channel. I'm starting to use it. If you like to be able to visually watch an interview, that's where you can find them. So hang out with me in any of those places or all of them if you'd like. And if you just want to be on the email list to be reminded when episodes come out, you can go to the website and sign up there. I'll put all the links in the show notes. If you enjoy this podcast, have single mom friends or parenting friends who just love to hear stories from like-minded ladies, make sure you share. And if you have a little extra energy today, please rate and review so that others can find this podcast. It's how we grow it. It's how other people get to know it and find it. And it's just the way it all works. So it's a huge help. And I would appreciate it if you could do it. If you can't, all good. I still love you for being here. We're coming off of (laughs) a very long spring break. I plan on doing a podcast episode around this and I am exhausted. I feel like I have run a million marathons and I run marathons and they don't make me feel like this. (laughs) If you know, you know, right? So uh, we've kept it low key, but because I have two little boys Every minute needs to be, well, not every minute, but they need to get their energy worn out. So we've done everything. Okay. I'm going to stop talking about myself and I want to introduce you to my guest, Kathy McKinnon. We had a really wonderful conversation. We talked about everything. Uh, She is the mom to one son and he was just out of diapers when she went through a divorce We talk about just the gradual transitions and adjustment periods that come with stepping into that new role, identity, shift in life, and the idea that we can adapt to change, right? We're so adaptable. We're resilient humans and we are capable of so much. And, you know, what it required of her, you know, between working after she put them to bed, um, making sure they were having fun. She talks about what they do now and some of the traditions and things that they have in place. And one of the things I love is that they intentionally plan and take vacations and he gets to pick them. I just love that. The other thing that was really important in this conversation is that Kathy is the daughter of a single mom and what she has learned from that experience and 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 one more thing i love that you know her son is at an age where he's asking the questions which we all experience or will experience if you haven't why aren't you and daddy together right um and she talks about how you know all of us want to know that answer if we've gone through that and how she's navigating that okay so much good stuff kathy was super fun to talk to 
Her son is almost eight now. She is a coach and um, her son is busy with baseball and she's busy with business. And we talk all about that. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just rambling at this point. So let's just get into it. Grab your cup of coffee or your cocktail, or if you're taking a walk, let's do this. All right. Here is Kathy McKinnon. Welcome, Kathy. Welcome to the Single Mom Stories podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy to share my story and help others. I love it. You're a single mom and a transformation coach, author, and speaker. So we're going to dive into all of that. But let's talk first about your whole journey as kind of becoming a single parent, um, how long ago that was, and about what kids you have, a kiddo, I think. Kiddo, yeah. So go for it. I have one son. He is 10. He's about to be 11 here shortly. But his father and I separated when he was three. So it's been a long time of being a single mama. And it was obviously very crazy when it first happened, not only because it was changed, but he was little, so he needed a whole lot more attention. And so it's been absolutely an evolution and journey and figuring out what works and what doesn't work for us and establishing routines and consistency as much for me as it was for the little guy. He thrives off of the, the consistency and the knowing as opposed to the anxiety of what might happen today or where might we be going So that was very important. And then obviously we learned a whole lot about each other during COVID while I was trying to do work. So we've just been great about rolling with the punches and laughing and having fun, even if sometimes it's complete and utter chaos. Um, There might be dishes in the sink, there might be laundry to be folded, but I don't get this time back with him. And so it's all about the experiences and having fun together. I love that. So let's talk about like the early days, especially that first year, because we all know it's it's kind of a shock to the system, whether you wanted it or not, right? Three years old, he was probably still in diapers. Yeah, he was just out of diapers, but at that just barely testing testing the waters phase. <laughs> yes. Yes. So did you struggle? How did you move through that initial phase? Yeah, it was a lot of struggle. Again, it was a lot of change at that age for him as well. Right. And then it was trying to understand, like, how do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And and how do we create life given all this, like basically the bottom falling out, right. To your point. And it was, I would say complete chaos for at least the first six months. And it would be the nights where, you know, I would put him to bed and then try to catch up on, on life and just kind of fall over an exhaustion myself. But what we learned about that is, that, you know, we can adapt, right? We learned that just because things change, it doesn't mean that the worst in things, right? We can find a way to still go for what we want in life. And I thought he was so young, he wouldn't remember a lot of that because I don't remember when I was three, but there are bits and pieces of it that he does remember. Really? Yeah. Like he still refers to what was the marital house as mom's house because he doesn't remember when his dad lived there, but he remembers him and I living there together. Okay. So he remembers snippets, but he doesn't necessarily remember his dad and I ever being together. So he doesn't know kind of that ripping apart and completely throwing his world in a tizzy. He doesn't really remember anything else, but him and mom 
Yeah, my kids are the same. My youngest was a little over a year and my oldest was three. And they don't remember us together. So that's never been a conversation other than like recently my oldest asked if I'd ever been married. (laughs) But like that part hasn't ever been a factor. But you're right, like the memories of the initial house and stuff like that come up for sure. It does. And, you know, he has asked, you know, like, why aren't you with dad? We've had those conversations, obviously super high level because he's young and he's not going to really understand adult matters right. <laughs> at this point in time. And, you know, I'm, I've always been of the premise of, I will never say anything bad about his father in front of him, whether it was something I personally agreed with or not, I will not. That is his father it will always be his father. So we, we've talked about it. He has had the conversations with me and, and, you know, I think as kids, we all wanted that. I remember my parents being divorced and I didn't understand it as a kid. What, why aren't mom and dad together? And as I grew older and I learned who they really were as people, I was like, wow, I understand why you two aren't together because you're just so different and that I get it now, but it t- takes years to get to that point. But it did create a very special bond between my son and I. Like We were super close. He's definitely mama's boy. A lot of his mindset, a lot of his speech and how he thinks is like, oh my gosh, when he says things, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is my child. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure. And you have a pretty even split between you and your ex. Yeah, we do. We've we've come to terms. We have a 50-50 arrangement now. So he does get time with his father, which I think is very important to have that male presence in his life. It's a bit of a unique schedule where we do this weird two, two, five. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird at first and takes a little getting to used to, but now my son has been in that schedule and he, so he knows it. he knows what days are mom days. He knows what days are dad days and it's very consistent for him now. Yeah. How was that initially? Did you struggle with him being away for the five days? Yeah. Well, it was when his father and I separated, he didn't see his father for the first like seven months. So it was, it was just me. And then I was so obviously so close to him after being 100% for seven months that when he did go to his father, I absolutely struggled with it. The quiet house was almost eerie, not sort of having that distraction of, I'm going to go play with, you know, the child, take care of the child, do something for the child. So I didn't have to deal with my own it's a great avoidance tactic that we use. That was so unsettling, so unsettling for probably like the first year. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the harder things for me too. just the Saturday night or the, you know, just the initial evenings by myself where I really felt like, okay, what do I do with myself? How do I fill the time? Right? Like, I don't know what to do. For me, it hasn't gotten any easier. I think because my schedule I have them so much. So like when I don't have them, it feels like a total, like I'm ripping the bandaid off again. So for seven months though, you were together nonstop. Was that by choice? Yes. Yeah. That was at that time, that was his father's father's request. But that was obviously even more of a, a chaotic thing because I was one person trying to be super mom and working full time. And at the time, my job, I traveled. Okay. So what'd you do? It was very crazy. I had a lot of help and support from my mother. Um, So when the days that I did have to travel, my mom would come and stay at the house. So 
my son's routine was not interrupted. Yeah. And that's even stuck with even today, you know, seven years later, if I do have to be out of town or I do have to travel or whatever it might be, and it might interrupt my time with him, if it's on days that I have him, my mom comes and stays at the house because to me, the bottom line is that his routine is not shuffled because of my, my things. So whatever I can do to keep as much normalcy for him and his routine, now that he's used to it seven years later, I don't want to disrupt it and have him, you know, oh, these things are at mom's, but I'm supposed to be at dad's and all this confusion. That's not going to help anything. No, I love that. When you talked initially about creating stability in a routine, I think that's so important. Um, Well, it's important just in general, I think for all of us as parents or just humans. (laughs) However, when you're trying to make sure that your kids are able to cope with that change, uh, that transition to a single parent household, I think it's so important. I have a, my oldest has a lot of anxiety and needs to know like everything that's happening, what's planned. And that helps him, just like you said, to know like what the schedule is, what we're doing, where we're going to be, all those things. And it helps me too. So I love that you said that. Yeah. I mean, when he was younger, it was a very visual display, right? I would do the big calendar and we would, and still we do this part still is like the night before we talk about, okay, tomorrow we're going to do this and this, or tomorrow you have school and after school you have baseball practice. So there's no question in the morning or because mornings are complete chaos for everyone. I, it doesn't matter how well you plan. It's just crazy. So I don't want it to get lost in that shuffle that, oops, we didn't have a chance to have that conversation. So we always do it like the night before. So they're okay, tomorrow we're going to get up and we're going to do this and this, and this is where we're going to go. And he doesn't have to think or worry about, oh, mom didn't have a chance to talk to me. Yeah. I love that. And then, you know, asking for help, is that a natural thing? Something that comes naturally to you or did you have to work on that? Absolutely not. Um, I've been sort of hyper independent since I was a child. I grew up in a household of all brothers. Where did you fall? I'm in the middle. So I have one older brother. I have two younger brothers, but many people, you know, would think, oh, well, you were the only girl. So you must've been like the spoiled princess. And it was actually the complete opposite. It was, okay, go keep up with the boys, do yeah. what the boys are doing. And so I just kind of always learned that I had to hang in that level and be able to be as independent as them and do the things that they do. So I was hyper independent. I moved out of my parents' house when I was only 17. And so asking for that help was an absolute struggle in the beginning, because to me, it was like, I put it on myself that, oh, I can't juggle all this. Oh, I can't manage all this. But the positive thing that came out of it is now my son has this great relationship with his grandmother. She has spent time with him almost one day a week since he was born. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And he was on spring break last week. And so he spent a few days with her um, during the day while I had to do some meetings. And, you know, like they go to the coffee shop and they have little coffee dates and just sit and chat and go on bike rides together. And that's so important to have that relationship. And the fact that his grandmother only lives 10 minutes away now is possible. And so he needs to know his grandparents and have this great relationship with them. Yeah. I'm curious. So you grew up in a divorce with a, in, you were a child of divorce. 
Uh, were you young also? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember my parents being together. I think I was, if I looked back at the paperwork, I was like three or four when they divorced. So how do, do you think that has impacted your your own experience as a single parent? Did that impact you when you became one? Did you judge yourself? Was there acceptance? How, how did that look for you? Yeah, I think initially there was judgment, right? Because I didn't want to be like my parents. I, I swore to myself I would be different than my parents. Yeah. And then here I was almost in this same exact spot. So I put a lot of judgment on myself in the beginning. A lot of why couldn't I have figured it out, right? Um, why couldn't I have done something different? And then I, I came to that realization that it wasn't just me, right? That that put it in this place. But it definitely changed my perspective, right? I grew up with my mom. My mom had primary custody of both my older brother and I growing up. And so I was came out of a single mom household. So I saw a lot of that struggle and that hustle and that we have to do all of these things to, to provide and survive. And, you know, she was a, a single mom of two um, and my brother and I are only 18 months apart. So I have no idea how she did it. Um, Cause that's just completely crazy. <laughs> yes. um, but I, I witnessed it and I saw it. And even when I told myself, I wouldn't be a single mom going into that marriage, when I did become a single mom, I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this different? than what my mom did. And not that what my mom did was bad. She did the best that she could with, with what she had, which is what we all do, but it's a very different time. You know, it's so many years later, the world is different. How people work is different. And so utilizing the different ways of the current world to maximize my time with my son, can I work from home? Can I help, you know, him do e-learning while I'm working? Can we, finagle the schedule so I can leave work early so I can be at his baseball game. These things that with the flexibility in today's world makes it possible. Yeah. I imagine back then your mom probably was trying to keep a job and didn't have as much time with you. Yeah. And you know, back then it was one of those, you clock in, you clock out, being salary was not as common as it was, as it is today. And, you know, remote working was not a thing back then, but there was also the thing where back then when you clocked out, you were done where today there's, you know, the company phone or the company email, like they can still find you even though it's past five o'clock. Right. So one more question about your mom before we move into how, into how you manage that. What did you learn like that you wanted to take with you as a single parent from your mom? I learned absolutely that we're still going to have fun and we're still going to laugh. Like I remember you know, things with my mom were like, she would just go like roller skating with us or go play at the tennis courts with us. Like, despite all the craziness that was going on or the chores that were piled up, she took time to be present. And that's so important. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that that's harder now to your point, right? Because we have so many distractions and, and people can access us all the time. And that's always something I'm trying to remind myself, like, slow down, like just do the thing with them. Other stuff's going to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so then for you, you mentioned you were traveling, you had a full-time job with an organization. What were you doing then? And when did that shift? Yeah, I was a, um, finance project manager for global programs at the time. And I was traveling to Europe and Asia. So it wasn't these short 
trips. I'm just going to go for a day or two and I'll be back. I was gone for, you know, like a week at a crack. So it was hard, not only because he was little, but it was also hard then because I'm like, this is not like, Hey, I just need you to cover a few hours. This is, I need you to cover four days. But then when we got into the established schedule where he was going to see his father, I had some flexibility then at my job where I tried to make sure my travel were when he was with his father as much as I could. There were sometimes, obviously it wasn't possible, but I would either put my travels on the days that he was with his dad, or we would flip days that way he he was not as impacted. Yeah. So then how long were you doing that until you started your own thing? Cause that's what you're doing now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing my own thing for like four years now. So it's been a while where I was juggling kind of that corporate America thing. The good news though, is the traveling component of my job quieted down. So I wasn't on the road as much. I still had a lot of the same responsibilities, but again, technology flexibility, I was able to do a lot of it with just out of a local office. Nice. And what are you doing now? Now I'm a transformational life coach, uh, working with women. And it's been an evolution, right? I started my coaching business as like a health coach because I had my own personal health journey. And I said, I want to help more women do this. And now it's evolved to so much more emotional intelligence, life coaching, because yeah, physical transformations are amazing. But when you transform your mindset and you transform your lifestyle, that's where the magic is. Yes. A hundred percent. We do similar work. So I love it. So I want to go to, so fast forward, COVID, pandemic, you're working and juggling kid at home. Where do you live? Where are you all at? Uh, We're out of Chicago. Chicago. Okay. So you were in the lockdown. So how did you cope with that? Oh, it was, it was interesting. And we really struggled those, I would say the first few weeks, just trying to find like a, a routine and a rhythm because we were both not used to being essentially in each other's face all day long. And he needed help with schoolwork and I would be trying to take meetings. And once we found that routine where it's like, okay, mom will help you, but we need to find, you know, a spot, keep all your questions. And we'll ask all the questions like right before lunchtime and you really get into that routine, but it was pretty crazy uh, for for a while. (laughs) And, you know, throw in the mix, we have a dog as well. So the dog would be, you know, in the middle of the zoom meetings, you know, while the kid's trying to do his classroom work, it was complete chaos, but a lot of it was just being flexible. Yeah. And I talked about it a lot is before COVID, I was very much into the block scheduling at this time, I'm going to do this at this time, I'm going to do this. And then when COVID hit, it became more of a flow where, it was what is on my to-do list, regardless of what time of the day it's going to happen. Obviously, if you have meetings, they're set at a specific time, but you know, working out this or that, I became flexible of if I just get it done, <laughs> right? Then, then I'm good. Yeah. Whether it was at 7 a.m. or whether it was at 7 p.m., it's more of what did I do today versus did I get not going to beat myself up over, hey, I didn't do that at exactly 8 a.m. There was no value in that. No, no. Especially in the midst of so much chaos. I mean, that just adds to it, right? Speaking of your mindset. Well, let's talk about that. So we went through this crazy time. We're still kind of in it. And you're in the mindset space. How did you apply that to yourself? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, 
you know, I, I still made sure that because for me, exercise, physical activity is my stress reliever. That's my outlet. So whether it's at the gym, whether it's outside. And so what we would do is we would take time outside together. We would go for a bike ride at lunchtime, or I would go for a run and he would ride his bike alongside me at lunchtime because I needed that outlet. It wasn't about whether or not, you know, it was, I wasn't training for a race. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was trying to, to keep my mind on track and just being able to go and run, whether it was for the 30 minutes or whatever it might be. And then at the end of the night, I would do my meditation like right before bed. So I would try to get those different aspects in. Sometimes it's with my son, he meditates as well, or sometimes it would be after he went to bed and I just had some quiet time. Yeah, I did the same thing. We were out every morning before breakfast. I was running, they were riding bikes. It was just a routine we'd see the same people every morning. <laughs> so it was just like kind of nice to see people when we're so stuck in our bubbles. And I felt like, well, this is recess, right? And then in the middle of the day, we're going to get outside for a few minutes. Yeah, it was almost more important to create those routines for everyone, right? Instead of just especially, loosely. Yeah. I mean, especially if they're used to a school yes. schedule, a school routine, they're used to, we go to gym class at this time mm-hmm. or we have recess after lunch. And so trying to keep it again as consistent. So we would have lunch and then we would just go out outside for a little bit and take a break and a breather. And that reset was good for both of us, quite frankly. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And then this was during the time that your son wrote a book. Did. Yeah. That's, he came to me, it was early in COVID and he came to me and he said, Hey mom, can we write a book together? And how old would he have been at this time? Eight? He was eight, about to be nine. Okay. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, sure. Let's write a book. And I said, well, what do you want to write it about? And he's an eight, nine-year-old boy. I'm thinking it's sports or Nerf guns or video games. He's a boy, but he came out with, and he said he wanted to write about kindness. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, well, my work here is done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm winning. I'm definitely winning. (laughs) We're done here. And so then I'd actually, you know, I made it kind of part of his schoolwork, like, okay, write maybe two sentences every day. And we built it up to a storyline and and then worked with my friend who is a publisher and we made it happen. Oh my gosh. I love it. So he has like a full on published book. He does. Yeah. He actually, it's so cute. He actually was considered an Amazon bestselling author, which is cute. I was like, you need to keep that title because very few people can say by the age of nine, they were an Amazon bestselling author. Right. So was it like, is it like a children's book? It is a children's book. It's called Kindness, Pass It On. And it's just really the premise of we can each do little things every day to be more kind to each other. Yeah, I love it. And did he draw the pictures? He did not. We actually got an illustrator, but he reviewed all the pictures. He wanted his dog in the book. So his dog makes an appearance in the book. And he wanted the pictures to look like his friends. And so we made, you know, obviously not a one for one, but we made them different characteristics of his friend. You know, he'd say, oh, this girl in my class always wears her hair in a braid. And so there's a girl in the book that has a braid to make it as much his as possible. Because I, you know, I told him, this is not mom's project. This is not mom's book. You get to make the decisions. You you get to be the editor and, and creator of this. Oh, I love that. That's so exciting. So transitioning, 
What would you say, you know, some of your biggest challenges right now are as a single parent? Yeah, I think, of course, the the one that is always a challenge is juggling the schedule. You know, it was one thing when he was three or four. Now he is into sports. So he's got school and he's got baseball. And this year for us, another loop, it's all very positive and great for him. But he was recruited to a traveling baseball team, Fun, <laughs> which is good fun for him. And it's great that they thought he was, you know, his skills were good enough to be recruited onto the team. But that's a time commitment. And last year when he played baseball, it was five minutes from the house at the the local field. And now it's, you know, we're hour or two hours away. And so that's what we're currently juggling. It's the starts next week. And I've looked at the schedule and I'm like, oh my, oh my. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I remember being doing tra- I was a soccer player and traveling all over like to different states and within the state and those were like overnight weekends and yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So are you and your ex sharing that? Yeah. So, I mean, essentially it will be like if there's a game on the day that his dad has him, his dad will bring him to the game. Okay. So, um, but of course I, mom's still at the games, regardless of whose day it is. So exactly, yeah, it's just a little, little crazy. I'm sure it will just take some getting used to again, but it's a new routine for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Is it on the weekends? Uh, we have some weeknight games. Those are going to be the tough ones. Yeah. So like this, he's in school all day. Then we have to drive, you know, an hour to the game. We have a two hour game and then drive all the way home. It makes for a very long day for him. Yeah. That is, and you. It's a long day for everybody. I'm like, at least I can caffeinate. I'll have some coffee, but I'm like for this little guy, he's going to be, he's going to be tuckered out on those days. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay. What are some of your favorite memories with the two of you? I'm sure you have a million. We, yeah, we have so much fun memories. A lot of them just go back to, we take mother son trips, even if it's just a weekend away, we go and we go on these trips and many times he gets to pick the place and that's his time. I don't work. I don't do social media. Like that's our time together. And we go somewhere where neither of us have been before. So it can be all about learning and exploring for both of us, as opposed to being like just another routine. But I think one of the funnest ones was he, right before he started kindergarten, he said he wanted to go see the Statue of Liberty. Aww. And so we went and we spent a week in New York, just exploring, playing in Central Park and doing the museums and things. And it was just so much fun because I had never been to New York either. So it was all new. When it's new to both of you, then it's so much more magical. Have you done anything more local that he's picked? More, like closer? Yeah, we've done a few. Um, you know, we would some like even last year during COVID, we even just went away like up to Wisconsin Dells for a weekend. And we went hiking and we did a lot of stuff outside because we were so stuck inside during COVID that we were like, let's just go find something where we can just go hang out and be outside. And we took the dog with us. So it was, it was a road trip. An extra added part to the adventure. (laughs) But we spent the day, you know, the weekend hiking and being outside and having picnics and experiencing laughter. Yeah. I love it. That's like become a tradition for you. It sounds like for sure. Right. Do you have any other things that you created just the two of you that are kind of a tradition for you or just a part of your routine? 
That's definitely the most significant one. And, and now it's the tradition of we go for a week long vacation before he goes back to school. Oh, so he nice. gets to kind of chill out before the crazy school schedule starts. Um, and he has a map on the wall in his room and he's crossed off the places he's been and he's circled the places he wants to go, which we've had to adjust because of COVID. But um, we go and, and, and just do fun things. Um, even, I mean, during COVID, we even went to, you know, we went to Florida, we went to Mexico and, and played in the sand and it's just about time together. Yeah. I love it. What's next on his list for you? Oh, he's got some, he's got some big adventures. He wants to go to Australia. Oh yeah. Yeah. He thinks big, he thinks big and he doesn't hesitate either. And, you know, we might have to wait on that one given the current events of the world. Right. But I told him, hey, it's not completely out of the question. Someday, some point, absolutely, let's go do it. That might not be this year's adventure, but I love that he thinks big. He sees no limit. Um, he doesn't, you know, kind of be deterred by, oh, it's so far away or this or that. He's like, hey, mom, can we just go? Yeah. I'm like that lack of kind of the restrictions, right? He's, he's just, he doesn't see limits in life. I love that. So this often comes up when I'm talking with single moms, the whole getting back to dating thing. Did you do that? Where are you at with that? Has that been hard? I didn't do it for like the first, I want to say 18 months or two years because I was so focused on him and there was so much change going on. I was like, I just need to get the dust settled and get things settled for him because we ended up moving. So I had to find a new house. I had to find a new school for him and to find a new daycare. There was so much change that I had to manage that I was like, I don't even know how people could fathom in the midst of all that. Um, I'm like, I'm trying to pack a house and buy a new house. And like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I didn't for, for quite a while today, I'm back to the dating world, but my son to this point has not met any person that I've gone on a date with. Um, I'm under the premise that until there is something that is permanent, he doesn't. But I, when he does, then I want it to come from me. I don't want him to see something on social media or hear it from secondhand or, you know, somebody said, oh, this or that. So I'm very private about it until there's something to tell. And then he hears it from, from mom first. Yeah. He's older. So he knows kind of that you're doing that, I assume. I think he, he questions it, but he's still a little cautious on what do we talk about? Do we talk about it? Because he's just getting to that preteen age where, and we've had a few of those conversations because it's come up like, oh, so-and-so thinks this girl is cute in school. And I'm like, okay, here we go with the conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, we've had the conversation where there's nothing wrong with having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. There's nothing wrong with dating. There's nothing wrong with finding, you know, saying somebody's pretty, but we, we do it in a respectful manner. And I asked him, you know, like, what do you think about mom having a boyfriend? And he's just kind of played it off. Like, well, you know, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> if that's your thing. <laughs> okay. right. I've, never, I've never put him with a babysitter to go on a date. I've never told him mom went on this date. He, he's never seen any of that. And so I, I think to whoever it may be that eventually gets introduced to my son that even though my son says he's okay with it, I still think that he'll be very cautious because he's used to having me to himself for seven years now. Yeah, he's older. 
Definitely different. Well, you'll cross that bridge when you get to it. (laughs) But I'm sure even, you know, regardless of what age he is, I'm sure even if he says he's okay, he'll be a bit Mm -hmm. standoffish or questionable. For sure. And I think that that's understandable and they should be. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a, it's, it's changed to their little world, right? And I could see them questioning, you know, how does this impact my relationship with mom or what is this going to take away? Am I going to still going to have my time with mom kind of thing? Yeah. I think about this as you're talking how like my kids are very attached. Like we got some attachment issues, right? There's two of them though. So I imagine for one-on-one, it's got to be like times 10, right? Absolutely. I mean, even, even today and, and yeah, we, we have this close relationship where he talks to me about anything and everything, which I love that he feels that I'm a safe space, even so much so that if he's at his father's, he will text me or call me from his father's to talk about something. Or if he's not sure about something like, you know, oh, maybe dad didn't, you know, give him the, the calendar scheduled kind of briefing, if you will. He's like, hey, mom, is this happening today? And so I've become that consistency and that safe space for him, which I love. And I just hope it hope it stays. I know the teenage years can be tough, but if he feels comfortable, then then that's all that matters. Yeah. It sounds like he's doing pretty good. Okay. So before I let you go, any words of advice for single moms who might be struggling or newly single moms that you feel like would have been helpful if you knew before you had to go through it? Yeah. I mean, I think remembering to give ourselves grace right? We're all humans. This is an imperfect journey. There is no guidebook. There is no instruction book. So give yourselves grace and remember to just have some time to sit and laugh with your kids. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Kathy, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your journey and so much of how you've been parenting and and managing this life. I'll make sure to include your links in the show notes if people want to connect with you. Thank you for having me. It, It takes a village. It does. It does. Thank you. 